Hello, this is Zev Neuwirth and welcome to Creating a New Healthcare, a podcast series for healthcare leaders who are interested in fresh perspectives, new ideas, and bold solutions on how to advance the creation of a customer-oriented value-based system of health. The views I express on this podcast are solely my own and do not represent the views of any other person or organization. Folks, we have such an exciting conversation today. It is about a topic that is so ubiquitous in so many facets of our lives and in the market, and that topic is social media. And I have to tell you, this is by far the best discussion I have ever heard about the value and the promise of social media in transforming healthcare delivery. You know, in a time in which we're constantly being reminded in the news about the downsides of social media, this episode highlights the humanizing aspects of social media platforms such as Twitter and LinkedIn. And let, let me just give you a, a, a little clip of what you're gonna hear in this interview. Each of these interactions transforms you and reframes you in a different way, right? Like you may not realize it, you may not know it, but but without this interaction, it would take you that much longer. And uh, to me, that's one of the biggest reasons to get on social media is to just open yourself up to it. And, and then you'll find how it can fit into your life. Folks, our guest today is Colin Hung. Colin is a mechanical engineer turned healthcare IT professional, turned healthcare marketing executive, turned healthcare social media guru. He has dedicated his career to using digital technologies, social media platforms, and community organizing to improve healthcare. Over the last decade, he has helped numerous companies build and market solutions that improve patient safety, patient provider communications and the patient experience. Colin co-founded one of the most popular healthcare Twitter communities, hashtag HCLDR, which we're gonna get a chance to really hear about. This brings together patients, clinicians, administrators and leaders, as well as policy and government leaders. Colin has been selected uh, by HIMSS, the Health Information and Management System Society, as uh, their social media ambassador three times. He's internationally recognized as one of the top health IT social media influencers. His work has been published in, in numerous medical journals, and he writes regularly about healthcare IT and healthcare social media. So without further ado, let's drop into the interview that uh, we conducted with uh, Colin just a, a, a short while ago. Colin, just love to uh, welcome you to the podcast. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for this opportunity, Zeev. I'm looking forward to it. The question I have is, why is, before we get into the what, why is social media um, so important from your perspective? And I, and I have a feeling, and I've said this to you before, I have a feeling there's a delta between what you think and how you think and how most people understand social media and social media and healthcare and communications and marketing. So I guess my question is, why do you think it's so important? And and also, if you could explain, when we say social media, what do you mean by social media? What platforms are you talking about? Sure. Um, obviously, social media is a, a relatively new term. Uh, you know, it's it's something that was born really only about seven to eight years ago. Actually, about 10 years ago, actually. And, and what we're referring to when we say social media is these platforms that allow individuals who would normally not have a uh, public platform to talk about their opinions, to share their stories. Now, suddenly they do. And, and of course, the big platforms are Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, 
Instagram, Snapchat. These are the, the platforms, but the blanket term that everyone uses to refer to them all is, is called social media. So I guess you can almost, uh, for, for those that remember, you know, it's almost like the internet equivalent of CB radio, right? This is, this is the individual's way to broadcast and to share stories and anecdotes and opinions with a wider audience than was ever possible without them. So that, that's how I define social media. So most of what I do is on Twitter. Uh, but there are many other uh, social platforms that you can choose from. And, and a lot of people do dabble in others. They're not just on one. I, I try to do as much as I can on Facebook and LinkedIn. And I'm still learning the ropes when it comes to Instagram. Uh, so, you know, to say you're a social media expert, I think is really more that you're just active on social media. That's how I define uh, my social media expertise. I just happen to do a lot on Twitter. You know, you say just active, but it's clearly more than that. I mean, you're... You're an, uh, I guess you're like an organizer, and maybe I was, I was literally about to say you're like a community organizer. Yeah, and that's that's the truth. Yeah, that that you're you hit it right on, and uh, you know, I guess to 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 go back a little bit. So, you know, I, I was a marketing uh, person at a health IT company. You know, was trying to attract the attention of of uh, customers and potential customers, and you know, a couple of the folks, some the younger folks on my team were basically, hey, you know, this is there's this Twitter thing happening. Maybe you should look into it. It seems to be a lot of, of interesting opinions and voices and influencers are out there. And at that time, influencers wasn't really a term. It was just sort of more like there's some interesting people. And so I started to check it out and sort of lurked on Twitter and, and signed up for an account and didn't use it for like six months, but just kept monitoring what was being said in healthcare. So I did this search in Twitter looking for the word healthcare and, and all these interesting little stories were being shared uh, on the platform. And a lot of them had links to uh, other resources and links to interesting articles. And, and what I saw immediately was, wow, this is a great way to stay on top of the latest news in the, in the space. And so my first use of, of social media was really more as a replacement for my newsfeed. So instead of reading the newsletters that were landing in my inbox every day, I could just turn Twitter on and just kind of see what people were talking about. And then over time, I started to notice that people were commenting on those articles saying, well, I don't agree with that author, or I have a counter opinion. And here's another article that counters that. And, and there really started to be, or I started to notice that there was a conversation going on uh, and a commentary going on from really intelligent uh, people who were within the industry. These were fellow physicians. These were researchers. These were experts in those areas. And I just found the whole thing fascinating. And, and basically, I got hooked. It was just this fantastic worldwide conversation around uh, things that were happening in the healthcare space. So my personal journey started with using social media as a place to learn. It was a place to get the latest news. And, and, and to this day, when people ask me, what's, the, what's one of the benefits that you've gotten from being on social media? It is just that. It's a fantastic way to stay on top of whatever's happening in your particular areas of interest. You've been in this for over two decades. I mean, literally two and a half. And, and like you said, predating HRs, you saw how technology could really be an enabler, save people time, create efficiencies. You got into marketing. You tripped on this you know, uh, social media platform. Uh, and you were talking about Twitter. And you were seeing how 
it it was a, a real source for you as a marketing person, a communications person. It was really useful to kind of keep your thumb on what was going on in whatever community industry you were interested in. This, this of course, was healthcare and healthcare IT and healthcare marketing. So what did you do with that? So you, you were using it, you were, you were on, you were listening and reading and then, and then what, how, how did it evolve from there? Yeah. And so one of the things I was most fascinated about and what I found most uh, valuable was the different perspectives. Like you, you know, everyone reads a new story and you have your own perspective on it. What was very uh, interesting for me was to see different opinions being voiced from different perspectives on the same article. So someone would post an article and then there were, there were a group of patients that would say, well, you know, the article didn't factor in this. And from my patient's perspective, this is what I see. And then clinicians would comment. And, and for me, it really opened my eyes to the differences in perspective. And uh, frankly, it was very humbling to see that, oh, wow, my, my opinion is, is quite limited. My, my worldview of healthcare at the time was, was very limited. I had never thought about the impact this could have negatively or positively on nurses, for example, or what, how this was going to impact you know, security in terms of you know, HIPAA and, and other things. So just having my worldview expanded, that was one of the biggest things. And, and so I started to interact because I was curious and so the first forays I had into, into social media were really just asking questions of those people who had been offering their opinions. And, and so I'd ask the question of, oh, that's really, you know, I really liked your, your comment there. Can you explain this a bit more? Because I don't, I truly didn't understand. Uh, and so, and they were more than happy to respond to me and, and, and educate me and, and forward me to other resources. And so that's how it started. And I just found you know, it was just amazing that this person who I didn't know, never met, uh, who, who I viewed as an expert in the field, would respond to me via this platform. And so to me, that's when the second light bulb went off. Uh, and the more important one, which was social media is fantastic for news. And if you just use it for that, you're still ahead of most of people in healthcare. Um, but the second more powerful thing is the interaction and the engagement that can happen using any of these social platforms where you can ask questions and have conversations and, and, and dive deeper into a topic with other individuals. And, and that's where it went to next. So I started reading all this stuff and then I started asking all these questions and interacting with these people. And uh, that's when that second light bulb went off. So is it, is it, I'm just trying to characterize it. Is it sort of an interactive learning, uh, interactive discovery? Was that the light bulb or was it something a little different than that. That was that was it. It was just it was you know if you think about it as a as a cocktail event, it was the sudden realization that you know hey I don't have to just listen I can actually participate in the conversations that were going on, and so yeah it was the ability to dive deeper and get clarification on the opinions that were being expressed. And what what I discovered not only was you know there were amazing fountains of information out there, but I also found that there were like-minded people who had a similar passion for improving healthcare. And that is really the biggest benefit of the communities that, that we've created together and, and the, the people that I've gotten to know. That, that is the, by far the biggest benefit is that you meet people who are equally passionate, maybe not exactly the same way or in the exact same spaces, but they're, they're all driven by the same things to improve 
the lot of patients, of clinicians, of healthcare in general, of access to care, and, and just finding that, that group of people that share that passion, that was amazing. So this, I don't, I've lost count now, it's probably the third sort of a realization or another realization was this idea of, of community, of actually discovering a community of people who were interested and passionate in the same sort of issues. And, you know, you didn't use this word, but as you were speaking and my own experience of this, I would say it's, it's true. And tell me if you agree is, is there's sort of a built-in diversity in the net. It's, it's, you know, we could often in our own daily kind of in-person lives be somewhat secluded and isolated. And we kind of hang out with people like ourselves and, you know, people are in the same profession or, you know, live in the same neighborhoods or, but, you know, the internet actually, and of course, social media changes that because, you put something out there and someone who's interested in it could be completely different from you. you could live in a completely different country, speak different language, come from a different culture, be a different color, different religion. doesn't matter. You share something in common. You begin to interact. You learn from each other. And all of a sudden you have a community. And, and I think there's something incredibly powerful about that. And so I'm just curious. I've actually never had this sort of conversation. So I'm really, really curious to hear what you're thinking about what I just said. Yeah, no. And that's that was the the biggest uh, impact that social media has had, certainly on my career and my life. And that is the sense of community that can emerge when you dive a little bit deeper into social media. So as you just said, like one of the the, the biggest things that you realize when you interact with people is, is suddenly there are, you realize you're not alone, right? There are other people who share the same passions, the same uh, dr- drivers to improve the healthcare system. And, and what happens is, yeah, you tend to group together, but unlike a group, as you just said, where it's physical in the physical world, where, you know, you have to go to a conference to do this, or you have to do it around the water cooler where you, you do have group think, uh, because usually it's a group of your peers, right. That get together here on the, on social media, you get patients sharing their opinion right alongside clinicians, right alongside CEOs of, of healthcare providers, right alongside people who work for payers. And there's not a lot of opportunities to do that in the real world. And because we're all behind avatars, there's also not titles don't get in the way. Like I had no idea, for example, I was interacting with a CEO of a hospital until one, about a year later, I, you know, they finally, uh, this person revealed who they were because they were just under a, an avatar. And I was like, wow, okay, I did not know. And, and had I known that I might have reacted a bit differently or, or interacted with that person differently, but on social media, there is this sort of, you don't know who the other person is. It's the validity of the idea and the words, not the person, so much the person behind it until you get to know them. You know, I, I wasn't in on the early days of social media, but, but certainly, you know, seven years ago when I started there, there were communities around, they weren't as well formed as they are today, because now today there are communities around, you know, breast cancer survivors, there are communities for people who are really interested in open source for healthcare and open science and all these wonderful, amazing communities of people. And really, the key is finding a group of a community that you can belong to and become part of. And that's when the doors really, really open. You know, it's so fascinating. I've I've been doing podcasting for a couple of years and, you know, on increasingly on social media, LinkedIn and Twitter mostly, a little bit of Facebook. But, you know, I never realized the interaction and the way you're describing it is 
it is like you say this community it's it's this sort of democratization of communication of community building it's as you're saying it tears down the walls so you know you interact with people who come from all walks of life from all professions you know uh and it's it, it that doesn't happen as easily in the physical world you know we've been pretty lucky you know just to talk about community for a moment you know seven actually we're entering our eighth year now but seven years ago we started the HCLDR community, which is the healthcare leader community. And the idea behind this, very much like the idea behind your book, uh, was to bring together people from all walks of life, from patients to clinicians to healthcare uh, leaders inside organizations, uh, in order to motivate through discussion, changing of healthcare. As an online community, it's really hard to do something in the real world, right? I mean, basically, we're coming together. We come together every Tuesday night at eight thirty to discuss something. And so the idea was, we were we, our goal was to to discuss topics that would then motivate people to go make a change in their organization, or go make a change as a patient, or begin to change their own behavior. And we've been fairly um, lucky and, and worked very hard at building this HCLDR community over seven years and turned it into a place where people can come for information, but also people can come for inspiration and connection. And uh, that's probably one of the biggest legacies of that community that we've, we were able to create where now people who have participated in the HCLDR chats and, and know, you know, and have gotten to know each other online now go meet for the first time at conferences and they're like old friends. Uh, and so that's, that's just been wonderful to see. I've had the opportunity, as you know, to, to be on it a number of times. And actually, n now I'm speaking, you, you are a good marketer, I will tell you, and a good salesperson, because as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, geez, I got I to gotta be on this more often. Um, and, and it is, for those of you who are interested, it's, it's, it's hashtag HCLDR. And just to be very, very tactical about it, Colin, how is, you know, just if someone wants to do this, and, you know, I don't know how familiar people are with with hashtags and groups and stuff like that. So how do you actually, you said it's 8.30 every Tuesday evening. How do you actually get on it? Yeah, so that's a great question. I get that asked all the time. Uh, and so it's very easy. So on Twitter, in order to participate in a Twitter chat, you basically just type in on the Twitter client, the hashtag that you would like to participate in. So in our case, it's hashtag, the literally the number sign, HCLDR. And at Tuesday at 8.30, if you search on that hashtag, you will start to see people tweeting out and the moderator, usually myself or my co-host, Joe uh, Babian, you know, we'll tweet out the questions, right, that we're going to discuss. And basically, you just include that hashtag in your responses and you can see other people's responses as you, as you continually refresh your client. And, and so for an hour between 8.30 and 9.30 every Tuesday, uh, we have these sort of discussions and, and we post four questions and, and people respond to them and offer opinions. And then, of course, you know, you will see a response and you'll respond to that and then someone else does. And so it's a conversation literally like a cocktail party where four or five people would be off in one corner discussing this aspect of the question or the topic. And then another group of five over here are talking about something different. And it's just sort of this really dynamic often crazy uh, uh, kind of conversation that happens for that hour when we're together. So that, this is true of any community, online community on Twitter or these Twitter chats. You just basically follow that hashtag uh, during the time that those chats are happening. You follow it. And so you, so you have to, you type it in and then you, you have to follow it. Is that in order to get into the chat? 
Yeah. So basically, you just you just type in that hashtag into the search bar, and then you just you know uh, Twitter will just show you you know do you want to see the latest? Do you want to see the top? You just click latest, and then you'll see the tweets that use that hashtag. And then as as the evening goes on, you'll start to see oh there are five more tweets or ten more tweets. You just click that, and then it'll refresh and give you the next ten, and you just keep doing that as the chat progresses. It's almost kind of a cross between a cocktail conversation and a race, uh, like jogging with other a group of other people, because you you're kind of mulling around uh, before it gets started. People are saying hi, da da da, social conversation. You or I think Joe, you know, put the first question up, uh, and then you know things are running, and and like you're saying, people are just answering and commenting and liking and responding to others, and you can scan and choose which conversation you want to jump into, right? Right. Right. And that's, you know, and that's, that is the beauty of it. There's also the craziness of it is that you have so much choice. There's so many conversations going on. There is no hope that you will follow all of them. So I know when people first start on the chat, especially ours, they're like, I can't follow the conversation. And the answer is, well, you're not supposed to, <laughs> you just, you know, pick two or three people that have said something that uh, either you like or, or you're particularly passionate about and just interact with them and they will interact with you. Uh, and then you might see something else, you know, that interact that interests you and interact with that person. And, and over time, you do get the hang of it, but but there are multiples of conversations happening at the same time during the hour that we're on. Uh, so yeah, it's a so that's that's kind of how you get on those chats. The question that would come to mind, and I'm thinking from the perspective of someone who hasn't done this or or doesn't do this a lot. And, and going back to our, you know, question of, of the why and the and the what, like what, you know, why is this important in healthcare, and and what does it do, and and how does it improve healthcare? And so the, the question that I want us to entertain here is, you know, you mentioned again, you, it's a it's a forum for learning and discovery and interactive learning and finding people with similar passions and interests and focus and forming a community as you have with the hashtag, you know, healthcare leader, HCLDR, what does it lead to? What, in addition to the dialogues, what kinds of outcomes? And I have to tell you, even as I ask the question, I'm, I've already got answers for me personally, but I'm, I'm curious, what, what is the what? What does it lead to? What does it build? How does it inform or change healthcare? You, you talked about inspiring and catalyzing and what have you seen happen? Yeah, so so let's start with some of the simple things. And, and I, by the way, I'm always in awe of this because when we started the community, we we really had no idea where it was going to go. We we were just really trying to organize people together to talk about topics that we wanted to talk about. Uh, we didn't we didn't kind of go into it going, okay, let's let's plan this for seven years and have these kind of outcomes. It just kind of grew organically. But but uh, you know, as an example, uh, we've. One of the most common things I hear about the benefits that have come from the community is that we have spawned other communities. So because of people's participation in the HCLDR chats, uh, they started their own chats for their own countries. So the, they're in the Philippines, the H, the health XPH chat grew out of a group of people who were participating on HCLDR, uh, from the Philippines. And they started their own uh, version and their own uh, chat that had their unique perspectives and topics. And it's grown into a community just for that country. And the same thing happened in, in uh, South Africa. And that's actually how we were born. HCLDR was born out of a, out of a, a Twitter community that was already pre-existing. And so that's one tangible benefit where now there are more communities around the globe where it's bringing together people who have similar passions and similar interests and 
leading to the second thing I'm going to talk about, which is the connections that are made via the community. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a, an IT marketing person, you know, from Toronto, Canada, you know, I go to a lot of conferences, but, but prior to social media, I, you know, had only met maybe a handful of people and gotten to know them really well. Cause I kept seeing them at conferences. Uh, and I was relatively unknown. No one knew who, was I, who I was and, you know, it was just, just, just the nature of it being in a separate country. And, but through social media, I had the opportunity to meet and connect with so many more people. And then over the years, I've gotten to know like hundreds of people. And now I'm able to make connections between people who are doing projects and going, hey, you're doing something in this area. I know this other person is doing something. You guys should get together. And maybe two, you know, one plus one equals three. And that, that is really the biggest benefit and impact that we have had, I think, as, a, as all of social media, not just HCLDR, on healthcare is that, wow, we've, we've, you know, sp we've encouraged and inspired people to get together and start conferences. We've inspired people to collaborate on projects or submit for grants to work on something together. We've, we've connected people who want to do research uh, together. And, you know, there's just connections that would not have happened except through social media because there were such in far-flung networks that they would never have met in person or in real life it was only through social media that these connections would have been possible so you know that that is to me one of the biggest tangible benefits of online communities is that it puts people together and then the magic happens they actually do something to you know in real life to to impact healthcare you know, you don't have to be involved as deeply as, as you and I are on social media, but even if you just lurk and read, you, you will be much better at what you do in healthcare because you'll have that extra perspective. And, and actually that's, I know you, you, we didn't start, you know, you kind of hinted at this at the beginning, but that was the start of the healthcare IT marketing community that John Lynn started. And that's, that's kind of the, the ethos of that community is that even though we might work for competitors <laughs> or a competitor, that we all have the same goal of guys, like there's plenty of market for everybody and we are nowhere near 100% saturated with all our solutions. So let's get together, let's trade war stories, let's share best practices and let's all get better at marketing and getting our solutions out there. And then we'll all win because healthcare will just be that much better. And that's, that truly is a manifestation of something that happened online is that this conference was born out of John's interactions with marketers online and brought us all together in a community that we would, that we now share and we're all passionate about. And anyway, this has been amazing. That's where you and I met in person for the first time. Yeah, that's exactly right. So this is the, uh, it's a HITMC, which stands for uh, healthcare and IT marketing community. And how many, years have you been doing this? So this is going to sound like a commercial, but so I used to be, I used to be a participant and now I'm an organizer. I've got so enamored with the, with the community, I became an organizer of it, but yeah. Um, so it started, um, probably about six years ago by a gentleman named John Lynn. He's at tech guy on Twitter. Uh, he's also a really amazing guy, very humble. Um, you know, love working with him. So he created this community because he's an editor and he wrote a lot of blogs and, and, and articles and he just interacted with a lot of people in the PR world and, and in the marketing roles at healthcare IT companies. 
And, you know, inspiration struck him one day to say, wow, you know, all these people are all doing similar things, trying to motivate uh, hospital IT people to take a look at their solutions. And he was able, he was seeing varying degrees of success. And he thought, well, let, let me bring some people together so we can share these best practices so that company A can help company B. And so he built this community around the concept of sharing knowledge and sharing uh, best practices and sharing uh, connections. And I was, I missed the first conference that he ran, but I was out there at the second and I've been at every conference since then. Uh, and I was just blown away by the collaboration that happens and the conversations that happen at this conference. And they were extensions of the conversations people were having on the HITMC hashtag. So hashtag HITMC. And after a couple of years of participating and after, you know, going through um, some, some rethinking about where my career is going, I decided I'd like to just get involved more in this community and help grow it. And, and that's when I became an organizer. I was so, you know, I was such a passionate member of the community, if, if you will. And yeah, you know, it's, it's, again, this is so fascinating for me. It's, and this is so important to deconstruct this. And as you're speaking, I'm hearing it on, on a bunch of different levels. The, you know, so here you are, you know, we talked about a social media guru and community organizer, but, you know, there are organizers and, and mavens and connectors and the social media platform allows for all of them. And it's, you know, before we were talking about networking and how this is just a powerful tool, but it's, it's, it goes beyond what we think of traditional networking. It's connecting people, but it's also connecting ideas. As you said, when someone has a great idea or a great product, a great service, um, this connects them with others uh, for those who are looking for those things or, or connects people who are working on the same problems who can collaborate and come up with new solutions. Um, what, what, well, let me ask you, what other examples do you have? You know, you talked about in, in our correspondence about, you know, patient safety and, and doctor-patient communication and patient experience. And so are there, are there other examples of derivative type of products or services or advances or transformations you've seen come out of this? Yeah, well, a couple of ones that, that I'll point to, you know, there are, because of Twitter, <laughs> at least in my opinion, we've now mastered as a society, <laughs> the ability to communicate an idea in 180 or 240 characters, right? Like these short, you know, uh, and texts, right? Like just, we're now much more to the point, we're much more brief. Um, and, and to me, that is the, the basis of new communication uh, now with patients. Like before, when we were thinking about communicating with a patient, we'd be like, okay, we have to write a letter and we have to be very detailed and, and provide all this great information in order to motivate them to do anything or inform them. And now it's like, okay, I can just tweet out like, or send them a message, like two lines and a link, right? Like, and so to me, uh, social media has, has enabled that. But, but more importantly, I think uh, just the existence of these channels uh, has opened healthcare's eyes into different ways of communicating with patients. It's no longer just I only email or I only phone, or sorry, I only uh, do a letter or, or phone people. Now we're into getting email. We have chatbots. We have, you know, texting. We have all these capabilities that I don't think would have been possible or uh, accepted had we not progressed in our real lives using all these technologies in the consumer world. That's an example at a macro level. At the micro level, just very quickly, um, the uh, 
there is there was a talk a long time ago about sort of meeting patients where they are and using terminology and uh, and references that patients could understand and and how that wasn't the way that communications was happening with hospitals and with doctors in particular they a lot of patients felt they were being talked down to that that they were you know people were using terms they didn't understand right on purpose and that was a big item of discussion in my, in my early days on social media and I have to believe that those people that saw those conversations and were part of those conversations have become insiders in the industry and are now working at companies and were able to influence that because now I look at the communications that are happening inside uh, hospitals with patients and I go, man, this is way better than it used to be. It's not all jargon. It's written from the patient's perspective. It, it appreciates the time and effort that a patient has to put in and and that to me is is another example of how something that I think started online and, and, and now has kind of come through on the other side in real life. It, it seems to me, you know, we're still very much stuck in a, even though we, we have the technology, stuck in a sort of letter and phone call or in-person letter and phone call kind of mentality. You know, social media is a, is a bit more you know democratized right it's a bit more loose and and less controllable but it seems to me there there would be ways we could you know whether we're hospital systems or or payers or employer systems there are ways that we can use the tool to learn as you said from our patients uh to instruct to inform to discover with them to create new things to connect it just seems there's there's opportunities right in front of us that because the our mindset is still not there, we're just not taking advantage of it. So I'm just wondering, in, in your mind, you know, do you see those things? Are they happening in places? Are hospital systems using social media to to learn and discover, or to inform, to engage? So I'm just kind of curious where where we are with that, and and where you where you can see us being. Yeah, there's plenty of amazing examples of both individuals as well as entire systems utilizing social media very effectively. You know, a ready example would be what Mayo, what Mayo Clinic does with their communities uh, initiative. So at the Mayo Clinic, there are they've created online communities that are specific to certain diseases. Uh, they've also created uh, peer groups of, of patients uh, who are suffering from, you know, similar symptoms and those kinds of things. And and these communities are completely online. They're completely virtual. Uh, they are on Facebook and Twitter and other social media platforms. And they allow people to get together to share and pool information. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's run or facilitated by uh, the Mayo Clinic. And so that's a great example of how they can extend care and, um, and knowledge and explore, as you said, uh, beyond the four walls of their organization. Like Mayo Clinic doesn't control the narrative. Uh, it's not like a moderated forum, but they they can see what the patients are doing. They they provide the mechanism to to allow patients to share. And that to me is a fantastic example of of you know applying the community building uh, techniques uh, into the healthcare setting. There's also Cleveland Clinic, which engages patients uh, online, right? Not so much to give medical advice, but to help direct them to, okay, hey, you might want to come, you know, you can go to this facility or may want to think about this approach. And they share a lot of really good trusted articles uh, with the public to say, hey, you know, this is this is the truth about avocados, right? And this is the truth about, you know, and uh, I think it was actually at the, the latest conference where one of the funniest articles 
that was very popular was you know are avocados poisonous when they go brown or something like that that was there's was there was something going on the internet saying that was the truth and 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 they were able to counter that by going actually here's the study <laughs> and here's what really happens and and so they were sharing information uh cleveland clinic does a fantastic job at this and and there are lots of other hospitals and health systems that do the same they use the tool to distribute and disseminate trusted information and that's sort of the first step to uh, humanizing them and also the first step into engaging with patients there are sites like the patients like me which has been around for a while you know i i wonder to your point also is this being used to help you know people with similar conditions connect with one another learn from with one one, one another absolutely there's you know there's a huge um rare disease uh, communities right where where people get together and and with similar symptoms and have no idea what the diagnosis is and no doctor has been able to figure it out they they have basically self-organized to help each other and they share you know articles that you know would never have been found <laughs> individually but as a group they're able to pool their resources and 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 I've seen this happen where they go, well, actually, this doctor over here in this state has was really helpful. And it's amazing to see the reaction of people. Go, really, I might go there. I'm like, but you're three states away. But there, you know, but just the fact that someone else was out there to be able to help that individual with that rare disease or that, un, or, you know, that with that missed medical mystery, it's just, wow, like, look at that. Like, who would have known that that would have, that's a doctor you could go to, or that's a, a piece of uh, literature that was published that had something that was a clue, right? Uh, so yeah, there's there, there's just such it's such an amazing communities and such amazing opportunities out there on social media. And this is, you know, what I try to talk about when I talk to physicians in particular, because there is a fear about it still. You know, oh, social media is privacy concerns, and it's just people complaining about you know X or Y politician, or it's just tweeting out their you know what they had for breakfast, right? I go, yeah, it, it is that. <laughs> But there's more to it. There's a lot more there. And you don't have to share patient information or do anything like that. You can just be online, right? And just answer a few questions, offer an opinion. And and it's amazing the transformation that happens. Like people start to see you as a human being, uh, you know, who likes fishing or who likes the the bears or whatever. And then all of a sudden, it's amazing that your, uh, that your patients will pick up on that. And the next time they come into your exam room or your office, they go, hey, I saw you like the bears. And it just becomes a point of conversation. And, uh, it, and, and as you know, you talked about in, in other episodes, part of, the, of humanizing healthcare is the first step to transforming healthcare. It's a paradox. Uh, I think the paradox is that far from, from distancing us or dehumanizing us, the technology, if used correctly, um, but you know, if used, it, it actually can can bring us together. And, and I think the entire conversation and everything you've shared, your life story and what you've been working on and doing is a prime example of, of how we can do that. And, you know, just even the stuff you were sharing before with connecting patients with one another, with providers. And you know, it seems to me I'm a, I'm, you know, primary care uh, physician by training and practice for many years. And, and, you know, the idea of now, I, I don't practice now, but if I were practicing, I would be online. I would form a community with my patients and I'd want to because I'd want to be connected to them. And, you know, it, it, it almost seems to me to be like using an abacus or something by, you know, saying, okay, we're only going to communicate by phone and, uh, you know, a protected email and, uh, you know, letters. And it's just like, are you kidding me? 
you know, you're my patient, uh, you know, I'm here for you. I'm your consultant. Um, I want to serve you. I want to get to know you. I mean, I would totally set up a, a social community. I don't know what it would be on, but we'd figure it out. And, and it would be about, you know, not only just, you know, being part of a community and a healing community, but, but it would also be about co-creating healthcare together. Um, I'd want to learn, you know, what is it that I and we can do to make this better? And it would be almost like an innovation shop. And so I'm just, I want to stop and hear what you think about that. Yeah, no, it, it's, you are tuned in. Um, and I think there are many uh, clinicians and physicians out there who are who would jump at the same opportunity that you're talking about. Uh, I think it's just unfortunate that the machine that is healthcare gets in the way of that. There's you know, all of a sudden liability concerns come in and, and risk comes in and all that stuff. And everyone goes, oh, okay, put on brakes. I, I don't want to do it. But those that are driven enough and passionate enough, they find a way to make it work within the rules. Like, you know, you're an example of that. Uh, Rasu, uh, Dr. Shrisa is a, an example of that. There, there are so many other examples of people who, uh, who it would have been so easy for all of you to stop and go, oh, it's too risky. Uh, you know, it, 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 and I could be opening myself up to liability, but you didn't. Uh, and then look at what's happened, like the benefits and the, the engagement and the perspectives. But you're you're absolutely right. It, if if I was starting, and I think the good news is it's happening. I, I think you know people who are entering med school today they grew up on social media, right? They they don't know what life was like before Facebook existed, uh, and so I think they 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 don't have the same apprehension and fear of these platforms as we do because we grew up in a world where you know you had to meet someone face to face. That was how you did networking. So I think it'll be very interesting as, as that generation, the next generation come through, they go, well, yeah, well, of course my practice has Facebook. Like, why wouldn't I, uh, you know, and why wouldn't I engage with the patient online to understand what their home life is like so I can make a better diagnosis or a better recommendation for treatment. Whereas today, I think there was a, like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. Right. Like, why would I do, I don't have enough time to do that. That's a whole different issue. But, but I think, I think we're, we're going to get there because. Uh, or it's going to become more uh, commonplace because the generation that's coming through now just grew up on this stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I I will I will welcome the day when my when my doc does this <laughs> and, and is engaging with me online. Uh, that would be phenomenal, and I think a lot of patients would feel the same way. So we kind of come full circle, right? Like we've said, you know, how do we how do we start, you know, and 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 I go back to that statement I made before around. Each of these interactions transforms you and reframes you in a different way, right? Like you may not realize it, you may not know it, but but without this interaction, it would take you that much longer. And uh, to me, that's one of the biggest reasons to get on social media is to just open yourself up to it. And, and then you'll find how it can fit into your life. You know, I wouldn't go into it going, okay, well, I'm going to go into it because I want to speak. And if I get a thousand followers, I'm going to be happy. Like, sure, you can do that. But you're probably going to be disappointed. <laughs> uh, but if you go into it and say, hey, this is an opportunity to learn, this is an opportunity to get a different perspective, to make connections, to to be inspired or to inspire, uh, then I think you'll get the magic um, that we've all kind of realized without knowing it. <laughs> to me, social media, funny enough, you know, you do it by yourself in front of your computer or your, or on your phone, right? You're, you're in solitude. And yet it, it's the window that allows you to connect with so many people. And by putting yourself out there and putting yourself online, you humanize you yourself, 
right? Like you, you no longer are the physician I see once a month or, you know, once a quarter or once a year, you're suddenly, you know, the person who's into Marvel comics, or you're suddenly, you know, the person who has two kids and, and enjoys spending time with them. And, and to me that in a weird way, we used to know our doctors, they used to be part of our communities, they, they used to come to our houses. And, and you hear the talk nowadays about how we want to return to that world and but now enabled with technology. Well, if you're a faceless, nameless person who I see once a year, that's probably gonna be pretty hard. Um, but with technologies like this, you can put yourself out there and then all of a sudden I feel like I have a connection with you. I feel like, okay, you're not just someone that I see, you're, you're, you're a person as well. And, and to me, that's the start of better interactions, right? Suddenly patients will treat their doctors better. Suddenly doctors will treat patients better. And that is the foundation for some of the change that, that you've been talking about on this podcast that you talk about in the book, uh, that, that humanization aspect of it. You know, I think about all the physicians and nurses and nurse practitioners and, uh, you know, and, and physician's assistants, and they're such amazing people. And if, if their patients knew them, it, it would change everything. So, you know, my wish for medicine would be that that we would actually take advantage of this this amazing enabler of human connectivity and, and of rehumanizing healthcare far better than we're taking advantage of it now. And and as you point out before, yes, there's things you have to be careful. There are constraints, there are rules, there's you know legal issues, there's liabilities. But to your point, those are being overcome, and so it's not like it can't be done. So you're right. I, I think, again, you know, I, I don't want to be totally biased towards social media. There are other ways to, to do this, but certainly social media is probably one of the easier ways and the most scalable ways to, to get yourself out there. And then I think, you know, you'll be surprised, pleasantly, pleasantly surprised at the results and what comes back. You have such a humanist perspective. I, I kind of went back to the mechanistic part of, you know, being professional and this and that, and you brought us back out of it to say, look, it's just, you know, forget about that. Just we're people, you know, so let's connect as people and get known as people and build trust as people. And, you know, and then the professional relationship is part of that. And for those of us, again, who are saying, well, where's the practical, you know, uh, outcomes of this? And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know, as a provider, you know, and someone who's in, you know, worked in care redesign and, and process improvement and efficiency for, for years and years, you know, I, I observe, you know, in the first minute or two of an exam room time, the provider is trying to connect with the patient. How you doing? Tell me about your life. You know, you tell a joke, you try to connect around sports, and you literally try to do that in 30 seconds and then get down to business. And it is so ridiculously, you know, it's crazy, right? And it's, it's impossible. And if we were connected you know, again, as you're saying, maybe through social media, maybe through some other means where when you came in and saw me, it wasn't, I didn't have to spend the first minute or two trying to gain your trust and get to know you each time. It would save time. It would change the relationship. It would, the trust would lead to, there's no doubt that it would lead to better outcomes in terms of even, you know, once you take this medication adherence, things like that, being the agent, in, you know, uh, on your behalf, you know, so you know, I'm there for you that this is this, I'm saying this because I want to help you. And there aren't, you know, other things are secondary to that. Or, you know, we try to solve it through, again, these process improvement, efficiency things and, and throughput and, you know, making the visit more efficient. I think it's, it's probably the answer is going to come through some very, very different solution than the ones we've been working on. And I think social media, as you're pointing out, may be part of that. Love it. 
Love it. As a social media uh, uh, bias or a social media uh, uh, advocate, I totally am behind that. Uh, but I'm also just totally behind, look, you know, if there's a way you can, like it's all, whether it's social media or otherwise, it's all about connection. It's all about that relationship. And if there's anything we can do as an, as individuals or as, as innovators to bring us back to that, I think that's really at the core of what each of us is doing, right? We want to give the docs more time with their patients. We want to give patients more time with their docs. We want to have a system where everyone's treated well and not having to worry about reimbursement models and things like that. And, and data is flowing freely. And we wish we could wave our magic wands to get there, but it starts with these little changes. It starts with these little transformations. And, and much like the journeys we've been talking about through this whole podcast around you know how these little tiny, at the time, looks like tiny changes, you, you multiply that over... Uh, years, decades, and all of a sudden you're in a completely different space that you can never have imagined, and it's so much better. Folks, I hope you've enjoyed this interview with Colin Hung and, and benefited from it as much as I have. Uh, and as always, I'd like to thank all of you out there who are doing the hard work each and every day of taking care of patients, or those of you who are supporting uh, the providers of care. Uh, I and we truly appreciate you for what you do and, and recognize how critically important your work is to individuals, families, communities, and our society. And as always, I hope this podcast provides you with uh, useful information, with encouragement, with inspiration, and that it's a catalyst for improving our healthcare delivery system. This is Zeb Neuwirth on Creating a New Healthcare. Until next time, be well.